0: brandon sanderson reading and rereading podcast i'm justin and as always i am joined by
1: new year sam beth
0: ramshackle sam and i'm caleb hey I, I like the mouthfeel of the phrase ramshackle sam that's a good one yeah yeah, yeah, like <laughs> that. yeah
2: that's good ramshackle
0: is you sound a like a
1: character word. in like a early 2000s nickelodeon cartoon <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah as beth mentioned this is our uh first recording after the the winter holidays so it's been a bit of a break for us, but we are uh, going to attempt to remember how to do this whole podcasty thing, and rejoin our uh, our journey through the Way of Kings.
1: Yeah, it's been a minute. I bet every character is having a great time, though. I bet that continues to be the case.
0: <laughs> and I'm
2: having a great time. And I'm sure
0: <laughs> Sam has positive opinions of all the characters that are involved. Oh,
2: I will say from the outset, um, I I am very angry. But I love this book, <laughs> so it's all very complicated. A, I just want to keep reading so I can find out when everybody gets their fucking pitards hoisted. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> but yeah, we are uh, we're
0: kind of solidly into uh, part two now. So we've been we've been following uh, Kaladin and the continuing trials of Bridge Four, uh, as well as seeing uh, some more of. Uh, the Colin family, primarily Dalinar and Adolin, as they are trying to navigate this whole ongoing war on the Shattered Plains. Uh, and
3: but speaking of war,
0: yeah, let's uh, let's examine the uh, the Alethi codes of war. We have a full like illuminated manuscript page here.
3: Yeah, this wasn't quite as big of a Christmas morning as the first big map we got um for me but this was really cool to look at a bunch of illustrations and finally something i have been hoping for like just actual direct information as to what the codes actually are which is really neat
1: <laughs> i like the skull that's randomly in the middle of it
3: <laughs> it's really it's inter- like i don't know if this is the intentional vibe but it almost looks like a jester that skull because of the design in front ah, of it which it kinda is... does. i kind of like that too
2: if there's something i like about it it's that it's short because when <laughs> i when i heard codes i was like oh no it's gonna be like a tome isn't it uh, It's just a couple key points right it it seems like a fairly sensible list of
0: restrictions yeah uh before we go on i'd like to call attention to the very top right where that guy is is getting attacked with a sword and just appears to be floating yeah <laughs> <Just laughs> <too laughs>
3: <agitating. laughs> chilling bro (laughs) i mean don't get me like don't get me wrong that's pretty cool i'm focused on top left where a a guy appears
2: to be just catching a sword which is right
0: yeah yeah it's a pretty uh pretty badass move
2: like a field mouse catches a hawk's talons (laughs) yeah i
0: believe mythbusters tried that and uh their their reaction was Uh, you will get your hand sliced to pieces.
3: Right. It's technically possible to stop the sword, but your hand is just going to take the hit instead,
2: basically. Yeah. (laughs) It will cost you one hand. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Trade offer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's a a bit of a, uh, I guess, kind of a slow start for us getting back in uh, because we are starting uh, with a flashback chapter, chapter 16 cocoons we are back with uh with young cal here uh who is i think 12 years old at this point it's a, a fairly young boy
3: yeah that sounds right
0: and he's got a girlfriend
1: uh, well does he though kind of yeah <laughs> he's fumbling a girlfriend real hard <laughs> He.
0: Yeah. Ha- i think he has a girlfriend in the way that any 12 year old has a
3: girlfriend yeah, he has he has a girlfriend in the same way that I had a girlfriend in middle school, which is, uh, I said, hey, do you want to go see a movie? And she said, yes. And I said, do you want to see this movie? And she said, yes. And then I didn't follow up because I was too scared. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: There was no way to know if she was interested.
3: <laughs> Honestly, what the worst thing that could happen would be we go to the movie and then... I feel awkward about it so instead I just chose I chose to feel awkward about it but I have control over the awkwardness (laughs) you
1: speed ran it
2: yes (laughs) I gotta imagine I told my middle school movie story didn't I I don't recall. I
1: don't I know it. if you did.
3: As has been established, there's always more. There's always another
2: terrible middle school story. There, there's
0: yeah. more middle school lore. <laughs> oh,
2: God. Middle school. Middle school was like our World War One here. Like everything <laughs> horrible happened in middle school. <laughs> that's no, particularly true. Of, <laughs> that's particularly
3: true of me because I experienced it, and I went, "God, I'm glad I'll never have to deal with anything like that again." And then high
2: school was maybe worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh i can recap it though i'll, I'll go very shortly um went with a, a girl when we were both like i don't know 13 or whatever um we went to see spanglish which is a bad idea because that movie sucks balls for adults i was and gonna was say boring. that's not a kids movie <laughs> no it was, it was very boring um but before it you know we went with like my parents who their movie started like half an hour earlier they wanted to go because i don't have a car because i'm 13 Uh, so we walked by a ddr machine and she like casually mentions hey i've never played the video games around here and i was like yeah there's one that looks really cool and she's like oh yeah and then you cut in a comedy scene to me playing a single player game in front of her (laughs) 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 great job sam great job clueless sam and then the movie wasn't any good no and the movie sucked <laughs> as a capper to everything Ugh.
0: well uh, let's see how uh let's see how Cal's uh romantic uh conversations go here uh he's he's hanging out kind of in the the countryside surrounding hearthstone uh with uh Laryl or Loral? I'm not actually sure on this one I don't have a I think I go with laryll I think it's Yanni,
2: but I, that must be up to interpretation. Oh, oh, Jesus! Classic reference. Mm-hmm. I, I like Laurel better, so we can okay. pronunciation war on this one. That's fine. Oh, there, will we'll, I have. Uh, I, I don't have think a, those are ever going to end.
1: Third Laurel, which
3: that, is yeah, slightly Laurel. Laurel's kind of where I am. I'm at yeah. All right,
0: but uh, yeah, they're having a just kind of a a wander around. Uh, and yeah as as they're talking uh it it becomes apparent that uh larryl is at least kind of interested in cal but also isn't like actually saying anything about it but cal is also completely not getting that maybe she likes him and at one point he points out that like she's his friend but he hasn't really thought about anything past that, so... Yeah. Kids.
2: <laughs> what are you gonna do? This is a very stand-by-me scene. <laughs> like, just yeah. walking alongside, like, a, I imagine, like, a railroad track to the, off to the side, just walking along the railroad tracks. Although they are on a hill, on a rocky... I like this part where, uh,
0: Laryl is, like, dramatically looking off into the distance and asks Cal what he sees, and he's like, there's a bunch of dead plants that are immediately in front of him.
3: Yeah, and then she then she clarifies, it's like I'm, I, I mean, the giant storm thing off in the distance. I'm talking about like the state of the world's, <laughs> yeah, I'm just completely lost.
0: <laughs> there is also uh, a bit of a, a tension here, which is part of what the subject of their conversation turns to. Uh, which is that Laryl is the daughter of the the city lord and is a light eyes. So there there's a a class disparity here. And it's it's not a huge one because as as we've seen, Kaladin's family with with his father's position as a surgeon, Kaladin's family is is fairly highly ranked for a Dark Eyes. Uh, but there is there there is a, a bit of a gap there which is is going to going to affect a lot of these interactions.
3: We also get a very subtle lore drop of apparently there is a way of becoming a light eyes and it's a little yeah. bit unclear if that is like it it seems tied to winning a shard void and it's unclear if will that literally change your eyes or does that just make you culturally a light eyes. Right. They don't really go into detail, but apparently there is some room for movement up the classes, which is, I think, the first we're hearing of that.
0: Yeah, and uh, well, there's there's a couple of things because Kaladin uh, clarifies later, I think, in the narration, that if you have if you have a, a marriage and kids between uh, a light eyed and a dark eyed family, the like there's some there's some genetics at play there. Like that's right. how it works. Uh, but also this this thing that is not fully explained of, yeah, if you win a Shard blade you become a Light-Eyes, just no questions asked. So uh, there's something to aspire to. That said, they are 12. <laughs> they are 12.
2: <laughs> they haven't seen this, but, you know sounds blah we know that you can win um a shard blade we'd find that out yeah. later shard blade and yeah. shard. it's like a rare drop from these people you're killing <laughs> yeah
0: i think it's it's at least a uh it's not that thing where you see an enemy wearing like full fancy gear and then you kill them and they drop a potato like if you kill <laughs> if you kill someone who is holding shards you have won the shards so but uh, we we do have uh, another uh, another person in this uh, this little gathering out here. Uh, it's Tien, who is Cal's younger brother, uh, and he's, he's just a a happy guy. He's he's having a good time. I'm on team
3: Tien, hundred percent. That's yeah. good. I think we'll get to see a lot lot more of him. I think he's going to be around for a really long time. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh-huh. he will be. Yeah,
0: he's uh, he's here. He found a really neat looking rock and he wants to show it to cal and uh and he makes cal feel better even just by showing him this rock and uh larryl even points it out of cal was was in a kind of a bad mood earlier uh and then tian shows up and he's having a better time
3: which is is great to see it's also a really good callback um And also really helps explain why it was enough to get him out of his thoughts when Syl showed up with the leaf of, here's an innocent thing coming up and saying, hey, I found this weird, pretty much useless object, but I hope you like it. And like we see from this flashback that that's an established thing that does actually cheer Kaladin up. And it's Mm -hmm. probably like he probably was directly reminded of Tien when Syl did that, which just gives a lot more...
2: um, emotional heft to that that scene with cell i think it certainly makes it make a lot more sense yeah i mean not that it wasn't sensible before but now it does yeah like you said it has a lot more emotional impact because it has that tie to something that happened to him as opposed to just hey please don't kill yourself here's a leaf i'm sorry
0: here's a poisonous <laughs> leaf but uh they are off on a grand adventure to hunt some lurgs. it's which is time a, a very (laughs) fantasy book statement and then like a couple paragraphs later it's like it's like a little pill bug
2: Uh, yeah wake it up with water and then it looks around for food and then it goes back to its cocoon you know what (laughs) that's how I want to live my life good for it Yes,
1: just thinking that would be nice
2: yeah just have someone wake you up every day with a bucket of water
1: (laughs) (laughs) well that's fair (laughs) It would certainly get me up.
2: Yeah,
0: but uh, yeah, during this this whole kind of meander out in the in the the countryside, uh, Cal has been doing some thinking, and uh, Laryl has been kind of poking at this question of what's he going to do, uh, because his dad is is quite clear that when he's sixteen, he's going to go to Carbranth. He's going to train to be a surgeon. And that's uh, that's a good life, but Cal is is twelve and maybe wants to figure some of this out for himself, and is is trying to kind of reconcile those two.
1: I I truly love how oblivious he is, because as Laurel is poking at this question, she's like, "But if you if you go to war and you become a light eyes, and like you get a shard blade, you become a light eyes." and remember what we're thinking about how it's hard for light-eyed and dark-eyed people to get together, so if you go get a light-eye, be, become a light-eyes, and he's just like, it would be kind of fun to travel.
0: <laughs> and she just gives up. Yeah. <laughs> and and Cal's reaction is, she was acting oddly.
3: <laughs> what's what's with her?
2: What could it be? Let's go play that video game over there. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be clear, I'm gonna go play that video game over there.
2: <laughs> Just me. You can watch. <laughs> also, Sadias is a hero from stories. What the
3: fuck? He's such a Cid great Cid guy. And Amaram, both of them, are listed as some of the greats, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. I can't wait to meet them. Yeah, they'll
0: uh they'll they'll have such uh, such wondrous opportunities for Cal.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Well, let's uh, let's see what uh, the rest of the town of of Hearthstone is up to. It's uh, it's manual labor for farming that Cal is not participating in because it's uh, it's worming season, which sounds extremely unpleasant. <laughs> uh, there's a group of boys there who are a little older than Cal who are uh, out working in the fields because you have to pay very close attention so that the the crops don't get. Uh, don't get attacked by pests and cal doesn't have to participate in this uh which becomes a uh, a bit of a, a point of contention sam looking at your notes it seems like uh this amount of detail may be more than was strictly necessary
2: yeah yeah so i have uh off in the distance italicized here farmers tending their crops keeping them dang old worms away w-o-i-m-s and then you know the worms they worm their way into the polyps and worm their worminess into a slug if you don't catch them in time so you lure them out with sugar you yank them out and then you plug the hole with creme which we learned what that is it's like dirt and i wrote all that down for no reason because i was just on a roll
3: i think we do get some important insight from here which is that the worms are not their money in this world which i think is is really worth noting (laughs) they are not desired even but yeah, we do finally learn what creme is. And I just, I got, I, I'm almost impressed with, in terms of, I guess Emperor Soul didn't really have it, but in terms of worlds, we are three for three on Brandon going, you know what this fantasy world needs? Some sort of omnipresent muck that just makes everything dirty. <laughs> yeah. We have Ash, we have the weird fungus moss in Elantris, and now we have creme. Now we have creme.
1: <laughs> this... This treat on a stick routine is how Justin and I's other brother would get my hamster out of the walls (laughs) whenever she escaped from her cage.
0: And you have described this as if it was a routine event, which it was.
1: Which it was, because she would escape from her cage and she would be like, into the walls I go. And so Tim would take a coat hanger and put a piece of apple on the end of it and then she would try to eat the apple and then he would just pull her out (laughs) via coat hanger just hanging off of the apple like, ha, food. He
0: did this like four times.
1: (laughs) I should have been better about that cage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we, uh, we meet up with this other group and the very first thing that happens is that Cal sticks his foot firmly in his mouth. (laughs) <laughs> uh as he he walks up to these these other boys and says why aren't you working
2: <laughs> Yeah, and
0: he means it as a, an honest question he's wondering what is happening in the village at this time uh and and the answer is that some of the crops don't seem to be growing as well and so there's a, a discussion on do we replant do we try to keep them uh them growing see what happens uh, but what the the boys here have uh, undoubtedly noticed year after year, and Cal has just pointed out to them again, that uh, Cal doesn't have to do this work because he has been training as a surgeon. And that is a bit of a sore point for these boys who are out in the fields every day. And we follow that up with uh, uh, a discussion that it does give us some, some more world building about this this whole thing about winning a shard blade and then it uh it goes into uh, another kind of misstep for for cal uh because jost is uh is telling a story about how his dad uh he he should have won a shard blade that's how it happened but uh but someone else took the blade uh said that he was the one who had won it uh, and then he was the one who who got to become a light eyes, and uh, this I don't actually know if this story did happen or not, but uh, Laryl certainly doesn't think so. She thinks it's it's completely ridiculous, uh, and uh, gets Cal to explain why this is completely ridiculous, uh, which again does not win him any favors, as uh, as Jost says. Uh are you uh you you saying that my father's a liar, which uh this has this has not ended up in a a good circumstance here.
3: I don't think this is what's supposed to be happening, but you could absolutely read this scene as Laurel's actively trying to get Kaladin
2: beaten up (laughs) or just to see him fight. You know, like That's true. You you go be a badass Kaladin. And he is for a second, and then he's not anymore.
0: (laughs) He is for one second out of thirty. (laughs) because <laughs> yeah jost is uh is not happy about this and and cal tries to kind of walk it back but he says no we're gonna we're gonna have a fight we got some some quarterstaffs here we're gonna just go at it for a bit and jost has practiced with the quarterstaff and cal has not and it uh it goes rapidly against cal here he gets uh gets sent to the ground pretty much right away. And uh is Jost is trying to make that the end of it. Uh Cal does kind of fire back a bit and gets a uh gets a good shot in. It kind of a cheap shot, but he, he gets a shot in <laughs> and uh then gets beaten up for it.
2: And they give him credit, you know. He did well. Alright. I can f I can absolutely fault Jost for like uh, overreacting to Cal. Saying his dad might have misremembered something, but at least he like doesn't beat the absolute snot out of him. He just yeah. wins and then moves on.
0: Yeah, but this is a uh, this is a bit of a a significant moment for Cal here because, uh, I mean, in the middle of this, it's it's kind of the first time that he has like intentionally attacked another person like this, and it uh, it felt good for for some reason and he he wants to learn this he wants to learn how to fight learn to become a warrior maybe you know maybe not so much on the the surgeon thing but uh that's uh there's not really a good way to do that he he asks Joss to teach him and just says no your your dad would not be happy with me for that so no not gonna happen
2: and they all just walks away yeah
0: Bye. <laughs> well, that was fun to watch. I'll talk to you later.
2: <laughs> I gotta go back to my dad, who's alive.
0: <laughs> I think we might defer to Caleb on this one for
3: uh, parents who are off-screen. Look, I have—I just got a feeling he's dead. I don't know what <laughs> the. Oh shit! If he turned the page, you find out.
0: Yeah, we uh, we returned back to Hearthstone. And uh, Lirin has to deliver the news that uh, Bright Lord Wistio is dead. And the village of Hearthstone is now without their city lord. So there's, uh, there's going to be some some turmoil there before they, they get appointed someone else to lead. Uh, Lirin is, is a bit shaken up by this because he was the one attending to Wistio as, as a doctor... Uh, but there's one other thing which is that whole goblet of of spheres which uh has been on loan to liran as a just a light source as a very practical light source uh is has now been willed to Calden and his family in order to send him to carbranth and and study to be a surgeon and with that sort of uh of, of gift it's very hard to turn that path down and so right when cal was maybe starting to kind of get another answer for what would i do if i didn't just go become a surgeon that uh, that becomes a more difficult question so we'll we'll have to pick back up later in our our next flashback when we when we get back to young cal to see what happens
3: next He thinks to himself, a rock wasn't going to solve his problems. To which I would respond, what is a shard blade if not a very, very fancy rock?
1: (laughs) A magic rock.
3: A magic, very sharp rock.
1: Cut to Zeth holding his oath stone. A rock was the source of all of his problems.
3: (laughs) In the
0: next chapter, though, uh, we may not have a rock, but we will have rock. So that's good to see, because uh, we're going to return to uh, the present, Chapter 17, A Bloody Red Sunset. Uh, and returning to the the present day chapters means we are uh, back to our epigraphs. Uh, this one is, is pretty much pure setup, and uh, I did not end the part here on Chapter 17 for good reason, <laughs> uh, because this one just says, might I be quite frank, before you asked why I was so concerned, it is for the following reason.
3: He's old. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it. It's not quite as bad because this is clearly a letter that is being written to one specific person. It's not exactly the same vibe as, hey, the world will end if you don't listen to me. But we are approaching Quan levels of, oh my god, can you get to the point? You're making me anxious <laughs> by not telling me what you mean. It's also, like, some of it is just a an
0: artifact of the way that it's... Uh, that it's spaced out one per chapter right like i just i just pulled up the full text of the letter on the copper mind uh and it's only like on my screen it's like 10 or 12 printed lines like it's not yeah. a very long letter overall but yeah if you had to stop here for like an entire couple of days uh yeah you'd say could you have just dispensed with saying that you're going to be frank and just said the thing but we do have one more chapter so we will get to that and it's an interesting one
2: yeah yeah in which kaladin starts to have a better time yeah Kinda. Uh, chapter
0: 17 does start off with uh, some actual progress being made uh, we have kaladin visiting the apothecary and when i was putting together our casting list for this chapter i was baffled that we never actually learn his name because i really like <laughs> this guy Oh yeah. Because uh Keladin stops by. Uh he's he's here to to buy some medical supplies. Uh the apothecary is there manning his shop. Uh Sill is uh is baffled at how one person could be so old, which probably means he's like 60 cuz Sill doesn't
3: know all that much, but
1: <laughs> a hag.
3: <laughs> he looks unmarried too. <laughs> But
0: uh, this guy is uh, is uh, portraying quite the image here. Uh, he's got uh, he's got a cane. He's he's got these very thick glasses. the The room is kind of spooky. There's a full actual skeleton in the room. Hell yeah! And uh, you know he he's he starts offering Calden uh, you know a a, a magical talisman or a award, a love potion, which is just creepy, but fantasy books do that sometimes.
3: I was going to say, he was really winning me over, and then it's like 10 seconds to a love
2: potion reference, which is, <laughs> Well, no, but it's not a love potion, because it's something that if slipped into her drink, he's offering Kaladin a Mickey, which <laughs> is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it's worse.
0: And then Sil goes, oh, you should give that to Gaz, then he'd like you. <laughs> and then uh I I really like the way that this scene shifts here where Cal ignores all that and rattles off this list of supplies that he actually wants and uh explains that you know he he his his father was a surgeon who had studied in in uh or studied from someone who studied in Carbranth and instantly this whole act changes the guy he stands up a bit he he's talking more loudly he says oh okay let's see what i can go get and i i just love the way that that transitions oh
3: you're serious you know what you're doing okay yeah
1: (laughs) i almost want him to like chuck the cane over his shoulder like (laughs) all right heard let's get down to business
0: yeah because that's what it is. It's it's time for some business dealings. You know, there, there's a whole negotiation here where the apothecary is like, well, "You should just go to the the you know the the surgeon's hall in the war camp that you're a part of," and and Cowan says, "I tried. They won't take a bridge man," and uh, so I'd I'd like to come buy what I can, and it's uh, it's not a great deal. The antiseptic that he was uh, that he was hoping for doesn't have any or rather some of the some of the stuff that he asked for is available but the the apothecary says it's way too expensive for you here's this it's not as good it's not as effective it smells awful but it's cheap and you're a bridgeman so that's what you need uh there's uh there's a bit of of bandage uh you know it's 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 not that much so uh yeah it's 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 gonna be a tough deal here uh we saw Kaladin get paid last time he made uh four diamond marks and he ends up spending three of them on a, a small box of bandages and some crummy antiseptic nice and
2: a needle and gut he does get that he, he does get the needle and gut yeah <laughs> there's no there's no oh well it's a second hand needle and yeah i found this in the dirt (laughs) at least we have that
0: and he almost doesn't even get to make this deal because uh apparently gaz tried to rip him off or something because the uh the spheres are already uh already done which i i think this is gone over here enough like they're still technically worth the same but if they don't have any stormlight in them then you can't know if they're genuine so he has to get out a loop and examine them and says okay yeah that's a real gem uh and if they were if they were infused if they still had stormlight it would have been obvious so almost couldn't even make that deal but uh he he does manage to spend most of his pay on this uh this pile of supplies and is at least a little better equipped
3: i think i do get it but it is the phrasing here is interesting of the apothecary is saying, "Oh, you're trying to pass dun spheres off on me," and then goes, "Oh no, they're real," and then it's clarified: dun spheres are also real. It's just harder to tell, right?
0: So, yeah, his uh, his errands are done. It's time to uh, time to head back to the camp. We get kind of some uh, some sights around. Uh, I I like I like Sill's comment here on how uh kaladin says you know the, the camps are are so they're so disorganized i was expecting something better from the alethi war camps and sil says that's just how people are they're you know they're always changing they're always doing all these different things you know spren basically every spren is the same so people are the weird ones i, I like when when sil has her observations like that
3: and then Kaladin goes, "Wait, but you're not like any other spren. And she goes, "Yeah, it's freaking me out. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I don't like it."
1: Yeah, shut up, shut up.
0: So as as Cal gets back to the camp, he has about five seconds of uh, of relaxing before it's uh, time for a bridge run. In fact, he was he was thinking on how he could pass the time because he didn't want to go back to his workout because they are on bridge duty and he doesn't want to be tired and is, is preparing to maybe do some stretches when the, the signal goes off and it's, it's time, to, time to get the bridge.
3: I do have a question and it's probably me getting lost in the weeds for no reason. But it, so I know Kaladin gets to call the shots, but is Gaz still technically bridge leader or does he have a different position?
0: Gaz is in charge of uh I don't know if it's all of the bridge crews, but a number of bridge crews. G- okay. Gaz is actually in the
3: army. Gotcha. Yeah. But he accompanies the bridges and calls out directions for them still. Yes. Okay, but that make that does make more sense. Okay. Yeah. Uh
0: yeah, so it's it's time for another bridge run. And this one is pretty much just as terrible as the last one we saw. Cal is is trying to. He's continuing his, his trend of, I'm just going to keep running this like I'm in charge. And if it helps a little bit, then great. And hopefully eventually it comes to something. Uh, But, you know, it's, it's a slow process. And in the meantime, people are dying because we, uh, we, we're going to see how this bridge run goes. And it's, it's perhaps better than the last one, but uh, that doesn't mean it's good. 've we've, uh, we've got a bit of, of time before we get there because we do need to get all the way out to the plateau where the battle is taking place. and there's a couple of good moments on the way there. Starting with the the first time that they they put a, their bridge into place, they they get across, they get into place, and they just collapse on the ground to try to get some moments of rest before they're going again while the army is crossing. And Kaladin takes a moment here and says, I'm going to stand because this is my bridge. And there's an exchange with a soldier as he's crossing that I I quite like, where the the soldier kind of mocks at him for looking all important there with his bridge. And Kaladin says, yes, it's my bridge. You should respect it. You understand that. You have your weapon. This is my bridge. And I, I think that's a cool scene,
1: especially with the detail that follows the narration notes. In truth, he hated the bridge, which is both darkly funny and a, another highlight of like he has nothing. And so try, try and build himself back up to be something, to be someone. He, he has to have these little moments of bravado based on nothing. Otherwise, nothing's going to change
0: we also see uh sadius himself crossing and uh Kaladin gets a a good look and uh a good seethe at uh, at this man uh realizes after he crosses that he probably should have bowed or something there's some sort of protocol there but uh definitely didn't but uh but gets it on the next one
1: Kaladin adeline handshake meme of just wanting to <laughs> fucking murder sadius on sight
3: yeah, I was going to say, like, not that he deserves it, but does Thetius have any friends? Like, it, everyone hates <laughs> this guy. I think he has
0: people that are doing well because of his actions, and that can resemble friends if you'd squint a bit. All
2: right. far if you squint. <laughs>
1: yeah. He's got allies, sycophants, and he does have one whole wife.
2: Yeah
0: but we uh, we get out to the the battlefield and and there's that moment at the end of every bridge run where you discover, are we there early enough that we can just set the bridge and go? Are we there late enough that it's not even worth it and we're just going to go home? Or are we going to be charging an army full of archers while they try to kill us? And today it's the third one.
1: Yay.
0: And as the the bridge leader, Cal does have one privilege here, uh, which is on the way all the way on the way out, he's been able to run front and center, so he can actually see where he's going. And on the final run, he gets to run at the back, which is where everyone is is lined up with that empty spot at the back. Uh, and then he says, "This this isn't how you lead a group of men." goes up to the front and tells rock you're in my spot you you go back there i'm the bridge leader i go in front and uh rock thinks that uh he is uh he is airsick and wishes to die but is not gonna stop him says okay i'll get in the back if you insist <laughs> <laughs> and it's time for
2: uh time for the run and <laughs> just uh I, am i correct in this that kaladin said no one's gonna die. Like he he did declare them. that nobody He's, was going yeah. to die. Okay. I I said last time he set
3: a very very high bar, and that bar, does wait, not get hold on, cleared today. let's find oh. out if it's cleared though. Let's have like Justin
2: does this. Bar Spoilers. Get
3: <laughs>
0: uh, no, like four or five Bridgman die. Shit. <laughs>
1: we'll get him next time lads
2: we'll get him yeah I, never mind what i said last time but I, a lot of us lived
3: St- like they're still on the battlefield during surgery and is like starting now no one's gonna die and then Godal dies and it goes okay starting now no one's gonna die
0: i mean the sad thing is that statistically this was probably an amazing bridge run in oh, terms yeah. of casualty rate
3: yeah, my yeah. summary for this chapter is: Kaladin's bridge running plan actually goes fairly well. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, they they make the the full charge. Uh, a couple of the the front runners uh, do just die from the the arrow barrages. You know, right away they they lose Merc, Uh they lose Atis and Coral. Uh, Leighton gets gets. Pretty severely wounded, though we do see he uh, he does make it out of this day at least. But uh, they manage to they manage to set the bridge. the The army charges across, and the the bridgemen are at least safe from from being shot at for the moment. This is a moment I I kind of just realized this. This is something that I want to see in a a film adaptation. It seems like the way that this this is timed, it it seems like the the cavalry charge basically starts with the timing assumption that the bridgemen are going to set the bridge, and I'm sure it's not quite that close, but it feels like it's like moments in between them clearing the bridge and the the horses arriving, which would look incredible.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Sam, would you agree, like, if we were to write a Screen Rant article, would you list Kaladin is
2: on the bridge crew as a scene that needs to be included in an adaptation? (laughs) Must be. Uh, so, so to give context to the, to the listener, uh, I, I read a Screen Rant article today, um, that was like 10 scenes that absolutely must be in any film adaptation of, uh, of, um, what, the Mistborn series. Mistborn. And if you listen to this podcast out of order, we're about to spoil Mistborn we're about to oh shit you're right um, so yeah we're about to spoil Miss Mistborn sorry uh, but one of those 10 scenes is Vin kills the Lord Ruler <laughs> which is like the point of the book I should hope it's in the adaptation yes like, shit we forgot <laughs> and then just at the end of the movie the Lord Ruler is just in the background like hey guys still alive here <laughs>
1: like the moment in home alone where she's like kevin like she realizes she left her whole kid behind but it's just them watching a test screening of the film and they're all nodding <laughs> like yeah that was really great everyone we did do- mm. the lord ruler, the lord ruler! Shit. <laughs> uh
0: meanwhile oh, kaladin shit, is, the lord uh, ruler. is uh <laughs> kaladin is desperately trying to uh keep his Bridgman alive in in every way he can because the the bridge has been set, the battle is starting, uh, and Kaladin could just go collapse on the ground, but uh, Haber and Gadol and Leighton and some of the others are wounded but alive, and Kaladin is now equipped, both with equipment and knowledge, to try to do something about this. And so he gets back up, He tries. He starts getting people out of the way, and starts trying to treat them.
2: Great scene. I I love this little bit. Yeah, it's it's really good. Just like the whole gathering of bodies, but then like the part where they they start to believe too. Uh... Yep. Yeah. It.
1: Yeah, it's it's fucking beautiful.
3: It's it's great when Rock shows up to to um carry Dabid back. But the moment that really gets to me is um, they get back and Kaladin says, okay, there might be a few more out there. And Rock and Teft are like, okay, shit. Yeah, I guess we're in on this now. Let's go let's go <laughs> help. Mm-hmm. It, it feels very earned given the past couple of Kaladin chapters.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think the most like subtly stunning thing to me, though, is these bridgemen did not want to share their names at all. And then Teft knows not just the names of the of like everybody who's missing, but like specifically the names of the people who are not there, and is able to like identify oh, those man. people. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And that's that awesome. that was like hell yeah.
3: Um, another thing I love is the realistic how do you approach an emergency situation thing. Of at first, Calvin says, "Okay, somebody do this," and nobody does anything, and he goes. Okay, you specifically go do this, you specifically go do that, which um, in an emergency situation is what you're supposed to do because that will motivate people to actually do something, whereas there's kind of a crowd mentality of someone else will get to it if you just kind of shout to a group of people to do something. Beth, did you learn about that? Somebody
1: called mine. Yes, when you are responding to your emergency, you check the scene and make sure the scene is safe, and then assess. Hey, it's not. It's not. But you, shit. Well, that's Kaladin. You failed. Too bad.
0: I I was gonna ask if you learned that in responding to fitness and designing your own emergency. (laughs)
1: the high school that Justin and i went to our like variety show whenever we had like changeovers or needed to like set up and tear down bands we had a group of like sketch comics who would fill in between the acts and uh, a staple of that sketch comedy was mocking the gym teachers
2: (laughs) sam i think this was our senior year yeah our senior year people were, were pretty funny i remember that
1: Including uh, not knowing if the class what the classes were called and calling them, <laughs> designing your own emergencies and responding to fitness. Yep.
0: But uh, yeah, this is, it, You know he he's he's doing what he can. He's going to try to save the uh, the ones who are wounded. And again, we have another another failure. It's not it's not going to be enough because Gaddle doesn't make it. And in the middle of all this, we see on page one of those weird things that people say before they die.
3: Oh, I didn't know if that was going to be saved for theory sections or if you were just going to confirm it. But yeah, Gadol sure just starts yep. screaming about weird stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, but we're in the middle of a battlefield and so we don't even really have time to to think about that. Uh, because Leighton... Is still alive for now and might actually be savable. And as the the battle finally clears, uh Cal has managed that. He he seems to have uh saved Leighton, at least is keeping him alive for now. Uh Dabid is here, has a, a an arm injury but is otherwise okay. Uh Hobber is here, is is in shock of some sort but is otherwise okay and yeah this this is probably the most successful bridge run in a very long time at least of ones where they actually had to charge and as we uh we wrap up the chapter there's uh one or two more problems to solve uh because the the bridgemen are okay in that they are still alive but Leighton can't walk. Hobber uh, might not be able to. It's hard to tell. And as Gaz says, the standing order is if you can't walk and you can't carry, you get left behind. So even after all that, the 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 orders from the army says that Kaladin is supposed to just leave these, these men here to die. Uh, and he is not going to accept that. He has a couple things to say about it. He tries to uh pay off gaz again to let this slide. Uh and when that's not enough with his one diamond mark that's remaining, uh he just threatens to kill him. And that one
2: works. Here's a carrot, and also here's a very big stick. Yes. It's the mix of the carrot and the stick. Yes. Carrot, <laughs> carrot on a stick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: carrot on a stick that i will not beat you with
0: <laughs> but at, at the end here we have a very we, we have a question with a very simple answer uh when gaz asks why do you even care and he says they're my men and uh, that that may be enough because the the combination of the carrot and the stick seems to have worked and gaz is actually going to let him at least bring the bridgeman home so they're they're not out of the woods yet given their injuries, but Kaladin has has saved some people here. Sam, you've you've also pointed out that uh they do kind of need the bridgemen, and without any bridgemen there is no charge, so perhaps that's a good reason to actually take care of the bridgemen. But Cal's answer is probably more honorable.
2: <laughs> probably more honorable, yeah, to say to say they're my men. Yeah, it's yeah. I would have just leg swept him into a puddle again. (laughs) (laughs) Probably deserves it. (laughs) Just every time he sees him, just leg sweep into a puddle to remind him of his place.
1: (laughs) He only ever interacts with gas when there's a puddle nearby.
0: (laughs) But yeah, we will uh, will close the day and the chapter with uh, Cal observing that it was a hopeful bright beginning and a bloody red sunset just like every day. Because that is uh, the life of a bridgeman, and we'll we'll have to see how that continues. Before chapter eighteen, we have yet another map. Uh, this one again of the uh, the Alethi war camps uh, by the painter uh, Vandenas, who has painted perhaps an idealized representation of them. But uh, yeah, we have the the full kind of array of them there. Very cool heading into chapter 18 high prince of war uh we we can find the reason why the letter writer was uh was being quite frank uh in that AT was once a kind and generous man and you saw it became of him race on the other hand was among the most loathsome crafty and dangerous individuals i had ever met so that's a name we might have heard before kind of
3: yeah but for sam's sake i'll ask uh, where just for sam not for me though (laughs) just just for me
0: (laughs) Uh, well, I guess it would depend on whether you pronounce it A-T or A-T. See,
3: this is definitely A-T. <laughs> There's it's no not. way. No. It's A-T.
0: <laughs> and then whether you would uh, name a medal after him, atium or atium? Because uh, we did see A-T very, very briefly as he was uh, just kind of appeared dead at the very end of Hero of Ages. Oh, oh
2: it's a little snappy. skeleton boy.
3: <laughs> oh i see i see well
0: all right so uh
1: <laughs> this is i feel like this is peak re-reader reader, reader divine. because i know i am and i assume justin is as well just sitting here grinning like an idiot while sam and caleb are like who the fuck is that i didn't
2: i didn't even take notes on this epigraph because i was like i don't know who <laughs> these people are like what I took, I did take, I will say,
3: I took more notes on the headers of, of the faces that are appearing next to High Prince of War than I did about this. Because let me tell you some fucking something. Every single other of these in part two has had two faces and now we're back to just one face. And at first I was like, well, maybe this is the first Dalinar Adolin chapter where it's only one viewpoint, but no, it definitely flipped between the two. What's the logic, Brandon? Why is it just the one face now? Why is it like this? There's gotta be a meeting! There might be no meaning. I don't want to predict whether there will or won't. I'm just gonna stay out of it. <laughs> that's that is a good idea. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> that's really smart of you, and it's dumb of me to keep doing this. <laughs> but you're not gonna stop voting president. <laughs> yes, I can't stop now, Justin. I've come too far. <laughs> I, I'm well aware.
0: So uh, yeah, we have we have two names here in in this epigraph. Uh, one who apparently was a good person uh, and one who was not. And uh, that's uh, that's quite a contrast there. But we will we'll have to get perhaps a little bit more to see where these two fit in. Going into the chapter itself, we will be seeing uh, both Adolin and Dalinar working through the, the kind of the day's events. But we're starting off with Adolin, uh, who has been working on the problem of investigating the the king's saddle that that had failed earlier and i remember when i read this for the first time there was a, a very rapid back and forth here because i'm pretty sure i was I, I was pretty much on the side of this doesn't seem like it was an assassination attempt this is just elecar being paranoid or something else like th- this isn't actually important and so adolin has brought this saddle to some leather workers. Uh, who look at it and they say, oh, yeah, that was cut, which is like, wait, really? And that's Adolin's reaction as well of, wait, the king was right. And then the, the leather workers just keep going into, yeah, you got to be more careful with this. You know, sometimes a buckle gets caught or something and it it ends up wearing through. But if you you pay attention, you keep things on right, it, it won't happen again. So just, you know, be more careful. And then it's right back to, so this was just an accident? and i i i like how that just kind of like net zero information but it it uh (laughs) it it creates some some interest in like what actually is happening here
3: yeah it very much reminds me of um blade runner 2049 because in the original blade runner it's a very big question of okay is the main character a robot or not and then in 2049, they keep hinting that they're going to definitively answer that. And then, it, like, towards the end of the movie, there's, like, one character who knows pretty much everything and then goes, It doesn't really matter. It's, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> and I, I love the idea of, like, oh, I am now asking more questions than I did before,
2: but I haven't gotten any answers to any of the questions. If I were in Adeline's shoes and, like, oh, yeah, this is... You got to be more careful. Guys! do you not understand the subtext of what i'm asking you i'm asking you if it was intentionally cut how is that like not present in your thoughts of this i was also about (laughs) to like defend them and be
3: like well they probably don't understand the weight of the situation but adeline does name drop elucar right in front of them so like they should know that this was this is an important (laughs) discussion
2: but yeah. it's like, it's like, yeah, this was cut. Yes, you're correct. In that they are no longer joined together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, okay, what happened? Why is it cut? What cut it? <laughs> Instead of just going, well, butterfly butt, it looks like look, Car was right this time. <laughs> anyway, my casting for Yus and Avaran, we'll get to.
0: Uh, meanwhile during this this whole uh kind of exploration uh is supposedly on a date which is just great (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah uh janala is here or Yanala is here yeah
3: excuse you because apparently that's just a universal rule (laughs) yeah uh
0: yeah Yanala is here and would like to do some more walking on this walk which uh adolin is it, like one quarter paying attention to uh says there will be some some prancing some sauntering i i like how yis just gets in on this he's like maybe some promenading yeah <laughs> i think that's another word for walking
1: listen he definitely should be paying more attention to her on this date but if someone was like Do you want to go out sometime and investigate the assassination of the king? I'd be like, what the fuck? Yes.
2: (laughs) Count me in. (laughs) I just think it's important to note that it's cool to be stupid. (laughs) Promenading's a type of drink.
1: Hedalyn has zero brain cells and I love him so much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think yes here with, uh, I'm fairly certain it's another word for walking is followed by a parenthetical, you fucking idiot you just can't <laughs> say that to the son of the high prince. So, yeah, this uh, this investigation ends uh, fairly inconclusively uh with the the leatherworking the, the leather workers saying, "Yeah, it was definitely cut, but it was probably just because of a pinched buckle or something and that happens sometimes accidentally." So, no uh no real progress there. So, Adelin has uh a little bit more to uh to do during this walk which is definitely also a date uh but he he's got a a second here because presumably this is a a link to our last chapter chronologically uh the horns go off to to signal a plateau run Uh, but given its location and dalinar's recent behavior he will not be participating and so adolin has a a moment of hope that there's going to be some of some of the, the old Dalinar, but, uh, but not today.
2: Not today. Um, yeah. Somehow in two horn blasts, they communicate that there's a chrysalis and it's at plateau 147. Which seems like a lot of information to communicate in two horn blasts. You know, I don't play the trumpet. <laughs> Maybe there's a technique. I kind of assumed it was like
3: sets of blasts. Like... Um, the, a melody implies uh, like which platform it is, but the uh, that counts as one blast of the horn when Adeline is counting. I don't know.
1: I like this world where you have to audition as like a jazz trumpeter though to <laughs> be these watchmen. It's like, and you are loyal to our high prince, yes, and you want to support the cause of the war, yes. Great, give me sixteen bars. <laughs>
0: yeah it is a an unconventional system perhaps but we will uh we'll see what uh what dalinar is doing which is not going on this uh this plateau run uh what he is doing is uh looking very dramatically he's at uh at alakar's palace uh he's he's looking at the 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 planes in front of him he he hears the the horns there's a bit of an interruption in the conversation he's having where it's you know are we gonna go but but no he's just going to continue uh talking with uh with Teshav who is a uh Teshav is the wife of one of Delinar's officers uh which because all of the men here are illiterate uh means that she also works in the army because she can actually do things like write down orders. Uh and because dalinar is currently unmarried that that's kind of part of the usual the the usual team of an alethi officer and his wife but dalinar is working with other people in the army because he cannot do that right now
3: yeah he doesn't have a wife don't ask about the wife i can't tell you anything about the wife
0: no not won't can't yeah but he uh he does wish that uh, that Jasna was here on the shattered plains uh, and that he could work with her. and I think she'd be very effective at it and also probably bored given all of the other <laughs> things that she's doing.
1: That's, uh, seems accurate.
0: But yeah, he gets the news from the the report or, or he get he gets news of a, uh, a report from the the grooms who were attending the horses. Uh, who said that, you know, as usual, they checked the saddle because that's what they do as, as part of every routine. Uh, but they can't remember specifically if they checked this one specific part. So again, not really sure here. In the meantime, Dalinar is kind of trying to figure out the political situation here. Uh, apparently that uh, Aladar may be going back to his, his home for a little bit at least. And that would that would shake some things up in terms of who's actually here to be kind of present in part of the war, uh, who is taking it less seriously. And Delinar may not be kind of the, the most uh, interested in the politics, but he kind of has to be at this point. So he's trying to figure that all out. He has an, an interesting point on how a a very fragile part of a kingdom is the second ruler because the first ruler is the one who actually did the conquering or the unification or whatever it was and once you're a few generations in then there's there's a kind of a unified thought of a country but the second ruler is the one who has to establish that this is a trend and not just a one-off and that's where we are right now and from what we've seen in this first maybe third of a book uh Ellicar is uh, maybe having a little trouble in uh, in filling those shoes right now, so trying to uh, trying to see if we can get that figured out. So Delinar does some uh, some business here. He's he's trying to uh, to keep the uh, the high princes kind of all unified on Ellicar's side. Uh, he's also doing some more patrolling to kind of make this a more established land that isn't just this tiny outpost that's surrounded by, by wilderness. And, uh, we'll, we'll see if that, uh, if that can figure out. We also have a conversation with Renarin who is here, who can, can tell that this whole thing isn't really what the army wants to be doing with, you know, just doing patrols around camp and doing ledgers of supplies. They they want to be part of part of the battle and part of the the competition for gem hearts. But uh, Dálinar thinks that this is this is what is needed. Renarin also has some uh, some thoughts about his uh, his attempt at battle earlier with the Chasm Fiend, which I, I know we weren't very complimentary of. But he is also
2: not feeling great about. I feel like I've been in Renarin's shoes almost exactly here. Like, you didn't give me anything almost to do. Exactly. Well that no, okay, I was you know, like <laughs> in an emotional sorry, way, you... not in the not in a literal <laughs> way, right? But um but you know, cases were like, um, you know, alright, everybody knows what they're doing except for me, and when I go to try and find out what I should do, I get chased away just because i'm not wearing any armor and don't have any weapons or training (laughs) come on put me in coach yeah i mean
0: there is a bit of a like like renarin is trying to trying to add what he can but he's kind of so far behind that he can't like get in there to try and learn and catch up exactly
2: exactly
3: uh i also have a, a question i'd like to pose here that i assume is not a spoiler um, But uh, it has been mentioned before that uh, Brandon's portrayal of the autistic spectrum in Elantris was iffy, um, but that he would get better at it. And within a couple of sentences, we have a couple of descriptions like Renarin not making eye contact, um, people thinking him emotionless, but Dalinar, who's very close to him, knows that he just expresses them differently and doesn't show them, but he does feel the same emotions. Uh, am I reading that correctly, that uh, Renarin is on the spectrum? Yes, he is. Awesome. Bada-bing. I thought that was I, that. That description was very. It felt very authentic. I really like that. And yeah, you know
1: what that is from Brandon. Growth,
0: growth, considerable. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, Delinar has uh, has some ideas here uh, because he he thinks that maybe Renarin should should try training with the sword some more and and see if there can be some progress there. Uh, and Renarin points out that his uh, his illness would make that very difficult, uh, and Dalinar says, well, if you're wearing plate, that's kind of irrelevant. And so makes a promise uh, and says, uh, if I win a set of blade and plate, which I think Dalinar is quite capable of doing, then it goes to Renarin. He, he says he normally... Uh, you know gives them up to uh to the king or you know there's there's all the the kind of politics there but he could give one to his son that would be a very reasonable thing to do and uh yeah and then when you're wearing power armor there's all sorts of things you can do
1: (laughs) and i really love the comparison at the end of the chapter here where dalinar is reflecting and is like i know what it's like to be you know sort of overshadowed by your older brother i relate to this because the much stronger parallels have been between dalinar and adeline as both like great warriors out here fighting this fight dalinar less of these days but blah 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 uh so it's really nice to see like him having this bonding moment with his son and being like yeah i felt exactly the way you felt i still do i think it's Mm -hmm. it's lovely
3: yeah have i gone into my uh younger brother older brother speech yet i know i've talked about how i like old uh uh, good wholesome brother dynamics and i've been waiting for one and we haven't really gotten one but have i I explained why
0: i think the closest was that you mentioned that you were prepared for there to be one in uh in well of ascension and then got a a big swing and a miss there so
3: (laughs) yeah yeah let's
0: let's try again here
3: Well, I mean, the thing is, like, it wasn't until I got to college and watched multiple shows in a row in which there was a side character who really looked up to their older brother and that was like a big part of their dynamic and character. And I always felt really emotional and connected to those characters. And then at one point I looked back and went, oh shit, yeah, I really love my older brother. I just have never actually like consciously thought about how important that relationship is to me until I saw it reflected in others. Um... So, yeah, anytime there is a younger brother who looks up to his older brother in a very wholesome way, they are in danger of becoming my favorite character.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, the more we see of the Kolan family, I think I, I, I do appreciate the way that they are. They're portrayed. We'll go back to the, uh, the older brother now because Adolin is continuing on his errands slash date and he is uh, stopping by uh, the temple he's he's here to talk to uh, the ardents or one ardent in particular
3: yeah he's, he's talking to a guy who is uh, bald and has a scar on top of his head so i guess he's talking to captain demo isn't that a really cool connection <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> it's me from other book
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's me boy
0: we have uh, uh yanola is still disappointed with uh, the the temple as their second stop and would like to go somewhere a little romantic Uh, Adolin with the incredible smooth line, religion's romantic, eternal love and all that, right?
3: And then in another instance of accidental bisexuality (laughs) Yes! Kadash goes, I think religion is romantic too, and Adolin says well, you're a priest and the scar is too ugly for my tastes, implying that those are the only two things that are making Adolin disagree
0: Yeah Yeah I I do like the way that Kadash just, like, puts himself in this conversation. He's like, I think religion's romantic.
1: Is this just going to be a recurring bit as Adeline is trying to have a conversation and the third character in the scene just keeps butting in? Promenading?
0: Yeah.
2: In which Sam doesn't like nobles. Uh, (laughs) Yanala continues to whine. Uh, She wanted to walk somewhere romantic. And I wrote in my notes, jokingly, you better buy me a diamond ring to cheer me up. And then the next line that I read, I'll have to buy her something quite expensive to make up for this, I suspect. To make up for going on a disappointing walk, I have to buy her a fancy gift. Oh.
0: Yeah. Maybe this is why Adolin, like, I I think some of this is his fault on why his, his dates don't go so well and why he's involved with another woman every time we look but maybe also they just suck
2: yeah there's, just, there's a lot of sucking going around here it's not good
0: but uh yeah with with yanala storming off adolin was here to to have an important conversation as it turns out uh and it's a, a bit of a difficult one he he wanted to speak with kadash in particular uh who is is one of the more senior ardents here and Adolin comes right out with the, the question. Kadash says it's very blunt, but he, there's not really a better way to ask it of, is my father going mad or is he seeing visions sent by the Almighty? Because those seem to be the two possibilities right now.
2: But before it gets there, Kadash has to check in about his calling.
0: Yeah, Adolin really needs to be working on that thing that he's
2: dedicated his life to. Uh-huh, yeah. Dueling. Dueling, <laughs> Dalinar. I'm gonna devote my life to leadership. A- Adolin. I'm gonna devote my life to to this thing that if you lose once, you're dead. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. calling can just I be hobbies too. I guess you can too. only commit to it. <laughs> yeah. Leadership is a little sociopathic, but that's fine. When,
3: once you commit to it, it will be for the rest of your life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> dueling here is at best a hobby and at worst illegal including as we'll soon learn during times of war which this ha- is and has been for over 6 years <laughs> so, so like wh- uh, he picked a different uh uh kadash picked a different calling you can pick a different calling adlan you your sh- young yeah, man maybe you should <laughs> it's really okay
0: but yeah adlan's interesting choice of life decisions aside uh, I think this is a really interesting scene because this is a difficult conversation to have. Uh, you know, we we mentioned, I think, at the very beginning when we first heard about uh, Delinar potentially seeing things, that there's kind of this this question of you know, could this just be like. Dementia or something like that is is this just is dalinar getting old and is his, his mind is is going and adolin needs to figure out what that means about his dad and then there's the the other level of the other possibility if it's not you know it, it a, a, if it's not just in his mind then it's perhaps a vision from god which as we learn from Kadash, is potentially not a good thing because in the, the history of the, uh, the church here uh, people claiming to have seen visions from the almighty were not, not really acting in their best interests, shall we say? And uh, things went very wrong in that regard. And, and so it is, it is regarded as kind of an evil thing to attempt to see the future. So now Dalinar is perhaps somewhere between losing his mind and seeing things that aren't there, or engaging even unwillingly in some sort of of evil practice. So it's a uh, it's not a not a good situation here. And then there's the uh the added layer, because we need one more complicated layer of uh it's not strictly true because there is this this division between the the church and the uh the high princes and all that but dalinar is kind of in charge of kadash and so for him to come out and say i think your your father is having you know some sort of of ptsd induced hallucination is not a thing that he can really just come out and say even with Adolin asking the question as bluntly as he did, the the answer won't be so so clear. But that's what Kadash kind of works around to is if he had to to think about it. That's what he thinks it probably is. But that would be uh, that will be what we see of of Adolin for now, or at least from uh, from his POV, uh, because. He, uh, he needs to go track down Yanala, see if he can smooth things over. Maybe work on his dueling, which is a thing that he can't legally do right now. <laughs> uh, for the uh, final scene of the chapter, though it's a, a, a long one, uh, we are back to Elokar's palace uh, with, with Dalinar trying to, to figure things out there. Uh, and we have uh, we have now a meeting with Elricar himself, who is is trying to figure out his next move, and is also just uh, taking a moment to to look out over the plains at his enemy far away, having a, a dramatic moment there.
2: And mm. he's left Ruthar waiting outside so he can contemplate the sunset.
0: I mean, if you're the king, I guess
2: you can. <laughs> You know, Ruthar just needs to pull a wraith and hey, can you check? Is he free? <laughs> <laughs> and then the tenth time we'll come back and the room will be on fire. Yeah, that did happen
0: I like this this moment where Elecar is asking Dalinar what's on his mind, because he's looking very thoughtful. Uh and Dalinar says that he's he's thinking about the past. Uh and Elecar who seems kind of prone to making these dramatic sounding statements says the past is irrelevant I only look forward and Dalinar is thinking I'm not sure if either of those are true but uh, this conversation here it's time for uh, perhaps another difficult question uh, because Dalinar is going to bring up something that I think we all kind of can agree with bringing up of If we're just out here doing this whole gem heart thing over and over and over again... Do we think it might be time to just go home?
2: Or maybe just try.
0: Or maybe just try. One of the two.
2: (laughs) Just, you know, like, get the gem heart, that's fine. And then maybe ferry it back to the camps, that's great. But then just keep going... And actually attack... The Barshendi. Just me? No? Okay? (laughs) <laughs> Anyone? Bueller? <laughs>
0: yeah, this uh this kind of goes off the rails here where uh you know Dalinar is saying this this is kind of a big stall. We 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 need to tend to our kingdoms at home. Uh and and Elokar says, you know, we, we need to we need to avenge my father, like you suggested all those years ago. And, and Dalinar is explaining that the situations and the emotions perhaps change. Uh, and, and Elucar is, is taking this as kind of a a dismissal and, and that, you know, Dalinar doesn't think that this is important anymore. So it, uh, it, it's kind of sliding off the rails here and, and Dalinar has to try to kind of, has to kind of try and rein it back in and, uh, at one point, Elokar asks the question of, "You think I'm a poor king?" Uh, and Dálinar has to fend that one off. Of you know, no, of course I support you, and and you know, I, I wish that your, you know, your kingdom is is the best that it can be, and all that. But uh, Dálinar is, uh, Elokar can tell that Dálinar is kind of a different person nowadays, and and he blames it on. Uh, readings from that book which uh, apparently is is reminding Elikar a bit of uh, what Gavlar was like before he died
1: Gotta say, Dalinar does not help the slide off the rails by playing the little vocab game he plays when Elikar goes, when you look at me do you wish you saw my father's face? And Dalinar's like, yeah bro. And pauses long enough for Elikar to get pissed before he's like because it would mean my brother's alive, dummy. <laughs> like, maybe maybe flip the order of those two sentences.
3: Yeah, the, I, I quite like the recovery, but the pause is a little unnecessary, I agree. <laughs>
2: Beth, are you under arrest? No! Beth, were you a terrorist man this whole damn time?
1: <laughs> the whole damn time. This
2: whole damn time. You know, I really I hope.
1: terrorist at first. <laughs> I also thought
3: that at first. Um, <laughs> I really hope that um, a Mistborn adaptation would uh, have the Lord Ruler be a terraceman. It would, it <laughs> would be a shame if they got rid of that.
2: <laughs> and, and Vin's line when she sees him is You were a terraceman this whole damn time? <laughs>
1: Now that is essential to the adaptation. I mean, honestly, they
0: should just hire us for this adaptation at this point.
1: Yeah. <laughs> We're waiting.
3: We know which scenes we need
2: to have in there. <laughs> and if you stick around to the end, we'll give you our email so you can email us your your offer for us to write and cast the Mistborn yeah. adaptation. They call that a call to engagement.
0: All right, what else do we have in this uh, very fraught conversation between these two
2: dalnar wants to be high prince of war
0: he does that's uh it's the name of the chapter he uh he thinks that that he should be uh named high prince of war which would give him some more actual control Elikar does not laugh which dalnar sees as a good sign uh but decides that, no, the uh, the other High Princes wouldn't uh, wouldn't go for an element of control like that. But uh, I, I think part of it might be because uh, Elokar does... Okay, uh, you gotta
3: stop.
1: I, I just can't stop being a terrorist this whole damn time.
0: But, uh, uh, yeah, Elokar apparently also has, has heard the rumors and sees some things as well that... Lead to him seeing Dalinar as kind of changing, and not not really for the better these days. So, yeah, it's a it's a, a tricky relationship here. the The end result of it, though, uh, is that uh, Elicar says if you put together some some joint plateau assaults, show the the high princes working together, then that could kind of build us into that that more cooperation that more centralization so then then maybe i'll consider naming you high prince of war and that's uh that's progress at least and that is where they they take their leave from the palace for for the evening the uh the the way home is uh, is going to be just kind of a, a walk and think for a bit uh but unfortunately the Uh, the predicting a high storm isn't an exact science and it appears tonight there may have been uh, may have been some errors because there uh, there wasn't supposed to be a high storm for a little bit but it seems like one is uh, imminently rolling in and this this group here is now right in between the war camps and they need to be either here or there rapidly there's a, a, a tense ride. They, they uh, have their their horses. they manage to make it, they managed to make it to the colon war camp, which is what they needed. Uh, but the, the storm is basically upon them. And the only thing to do is to duck into the, the nearest barracks because that is a, a stable, secure building. and the storm arrives. And what we have for Dalinar is that means that uh, there may be a vision, and this is not where he wants this to happen, but it is where it is happening, and it is where we wrap up our section.
1: Word count wise, totally makes sense. Mean chapter to end on, uh, Justin.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I try not to do that on purpose.
1: It adds some drama.
0: There's one in Words of Radiance where I I knew ahead of time that this would be the most dramatic and infuriating possible place to put a uh, an episode break. Uh, and the word counts did not work out at all to uh, to put a break there. So we will be reading straight through that that chapter break. <laughs> but yeah, we we have... Uh, we finished our three chapters. We saw past Kaladin, uh, current Kaladin, actually having... A, a very successful bridge run where only four or so people died.
1: And the ghost of Kaladin yet to come. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Beth, you're done with that show.
1: I can't escape it.
0: <laughs> I mean, Delinar is about to see a vision, so we'll see.
1: It's true!
0: But yeah, that uh, was quite a bit, this section, I feel like. All right, uh, yeah, with our section finished... Uh, with us getting back to the uh, the usual routine here, uh, we do have our uh, our cast list to expand. Uh, another larger one this week, given that we saw effectively three different, uh, entirely different sections with the flashbacks, present-day Kaladin, and the present-day Colin family. Uh, so we've got... Uh, We've got a a list to expand and
2: Sam, you are up first. We'll see which ones uh, you've got. It's so listen, there will, I was so wrapped up in my anger (laughs) that I, I did not do a great job of thinking of human beings. And also I, I don't see movies very often. So I, I start off on the back foot here all the time, but that's okay. Uh, Laurel, Laurel. Uh I'm I'm going to go with Bella Ramsey. Seems like a good fit. She's a little older than ideal at the moment, but that's okay. For Tian, uh I was going to go with uh Jung Hyun Jun who uh was the kid in Parasite? One of them. Okay. He was a kid in Parasite. Uh it's been a while since I saw that movie last. Um, I picked sh- or uh, I skipped a bunch, <laughs> and then I cast Yeast and Avaran. Uh, Yeast is Jay and Avaran is Silent Bob.
0: <laughs> there is a reason why I listed those two characters together on the cast list. They feel very much like a those two guys.
2: They do. <laughs> There's very much a Jay and Silent Bob feel to them, especially with one being blonde, and one being portly. Yeah so jane's on above uh and then uh kaddish kadash kadash mm-hmm. um i'm going with a guy who died when i was three donald pleasance who is also Oh, that's a good one though yeah sorry it took a second to remember who that was but i like that he's the doctor halloween yeah he's good so that's my <laughs> my casting that uh most of it can't do anymore because jay and silent bob are both like in their 50s i don't know and donald pleasance is dead but that's the same way of doing things but caleb go
3: (laughs) all right um i do have one question that by perhaps it was a uh accident or perhaps just missed it um but justin you do provide us with um lists to build off of in terms of casting yes who the hell is Dreh'i? Have, is that someone on Kaladin's crew? I don't, I don't remember that being mentioned at all. So I, I build these using the um, the
0: Coppermine's uh, summary pages, which list every character in a chapter. I may mm. have jumped the gun on that one, and he wasn't actually named, but he was there. He's he's in Bridge 4. If he wasn't named, then we'll
3: save him for later. And I okay put that on too early that's fair there's also a chance that we he has been named but still has not i don't know if he was named in this section but he might have been named previously but was not given a physical description then either because i have not cast him at all
0: okay
3: um and i still haven't because i didn't see a physical description but i'm sure we'll get to him no worries just wanted to double check about that (laughs) all right we've got we've got a lot there's a lot of characters as has been mentioned. i'm changing one casting Um, I'm changing uh, changing young Kaladin to be Ian Armitage, who has the misfortune of being most known as young Sheldon, but he was also in uh, uh, Big Little Lies, and he was excellent in that. I know he's a very good performer. Um, He just has an albatross around his neck due to uh, uh, Sheldon. Uh, I'm changing that so that I can use Lucas Grant, the little kid younger brother from Five Nights at Freddy's, so that he can be Tien. <laughs> okay. I know, he, I know he can do that role really well. <laughs> I have, I'm just going to go through a lot of these um, uh, kind of rapid fire. And mm-hmm. if you need spellings later, Justin, let me know. I have Chloe Adona uh, as Laurel, Larrel, Um She was in Stranger Things for a couple episodes. I think she was in season four. Um, I have Justin Jarzombek from American Born Chinese as Jost. Um, If you're curious uh, what shows I've been watching recently, um, just you wait. As Naget, I have Jimmy Liu from American Born Chinese. Uh, As Cav, I have David Bloom from American Born Chinese. As the (laughs) apothecary, I have Dennis Dunn, who I think his most famous role was Big Trouble in Little China, but he's been in a couple different things. Um, as Godal, I have Barry Pepper, um, in Saving Private Ryan, um, a couple of other, like, war movies, um, I, because he's been in a couple of war movies, he could probably give some really intense last words as he's dying on a battlefield. Um, as Dunny, who is only described as youthful in this chapter, I have Ben Wang from American Born Chinese. As Narm, I have Peter Krause from Six Feet Under. The, um, originator of the term Narm, if anyone follows TV tropes, uh, <laughs> figured I'd just throw in that little fun connection there. Um, as Avaran, I have Joplin Sibtain, who I mostly know from a, a supporting role on Andor. As Yis, I have Nico Santos, uh, who was in Crazy Rich Asians and Superstore, I believe. Um, As Yanala, you know, I got to check off a critical role checklist at some point in the um, uh, casting of every Cosmere book, because that's just a tradition. I have Gina Darling, who has not been in a ton, but has been in a couple of critical role projects recently. Um, As Teshev, I have Hong Chow, who had a really good role in movies last year, being in both The Whale and The Menu. Um, And as Kadash, I hope I'm not wasting him because he's he's a great great performer, but he really fits the vibes I think that I envision. I'm going with Mark Hamill for Kadash. Hell yeah. That's all I got.
1: Justin, you did a fantastic job keeping up with all of that.
3: I kept up with most of
0: that. I had to uh, slightly rearrange my my casting list because uh, on this sheet I also again put Yis and Avaran as one one thing. <laughs> which was great
3: when for Sam, I could just put Jay and Silent Bob. You were really hoping I would do like key and peel or something so that you could just put them together. Mm-hmm. But uh,
0: yeah, that will, uh, that will cover that. Uh, I want to say for next, yeah, our next section, we have a, a much smaller list aside from filling out some more of, uh, of Bridge 4 there's been this, this kind of tricky thing where because like a bunch of them die every time me putting someone on the cast list implies that they're going to stick around for at least a little bit. Like there's definitely people who we cast who then die, but with the, the, um, with the huge number of, of bridge four, there are several of them that Beth and I have gotten excited about seeing for the first time, but, like with zero description, so I, I can't put them on the list yet because like I mean Dre is one of them in that he will be around a little bit more at least, but uh he has not actually shown up yet. So
3: Yeah. And I I appreciate the balance you have to pull there because I every time there's a member of, of Bridge Four, I'm thinking like, okay do I put an actor I like on this, or do I throw somebody who I don't know very well because they might be dead? But what if they have a really good role and I want to see more of them?
1: Meanwhile, I'm just sitting here seeing names that I like and pointing at them excitedly. <laughs> it's him.
0: Okay, I I had to go back and check the ebook just in case. Uh, Drehi does get mentioned uh, in that. Kaladin walks past him while he's going to
3: the front of the bridge to take rock's spot but that's it so yeah i should not okay, be okay. that yet <laughs> no but you but I, I was wrong that the name didn't show up so yeah. uh two of the men drahi and teft looked up in shock as he passed that's it
1: <laughs> cast someone who's shocked
0: <laughs> all right uh yeah the the other question that we then have to ask is uh where are we going from here we've we've maybe filled in a little bit of details on uh kaladin's past and how that gets him to where he is now uh and we've we, we've seen uh some of the the political maneuvering with uh with dalinar and the the other Colins. so curious if either of those or anything else will lead us
2: anywhere from here hmm where's she at i yeah, don't know what's she up to memorable female character well we'll see what happens <laughs> no, well it's it's the fact that it's been like th- two episodes that we haven't seen hide nor hair of her well i think we got because it says which uh
3: povs will be getting at the start of each part right so yes. I, I think I, I think we will still be waiting on her for a little bit that is correct
0: this part two is all of the povs are going to be kaladin dalinar
2: or adolin all right. All right. That's fine. We'll get back to her. Uh all right, so my predictions don't have to do with Chelan. So good for them. Um and they're also more aspirational than <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh although I guess this one's not. Uh I what's the deal with Sill? Eh? Here's here's my 3 prong possibility for what the deal is with Syl. Either Syl is literally reincarnated Tien, or Syl is Tien as a construct within Kaladin's mind, because we've seen no one else can see her. So maybe it's a coping mechanism that Kal sees this thing that doesn't exist. Or, and this one honestly is to me the most intriguing, but probably not the right one, Um, which is that Syl giving giving, uh, Kaladin the leaf is just a coincidence. Um, like coincidentally, this thing happened that had great emotional impact on Kaladin when he was a kid. She didn't know it. He didn't know it, but it all kind of worked out (laughs) if she just happened to do the same thing. That's a really cool literary device. Um, and I just kind of like it. Uh, but I don't think that's what happened. Although it'd be kind of cool if it was, um, Honestly, if, if you told me to like which of the other two are it, um hard to say. <laughs> I'm like fifty one forty nine, honestly, between the other two. Um I think that Sil's Tian is a construct. Like not literally reincarnated Tian. Um Okay. But I don't wanna <laughs> I'm not committing one way or the other yet. Okay. Until we, we will- learn some more. We'll wait and see. That's a very
3: Caleb way of of uh, presenting theories, which is very fun because I have a very Sam theory
2: for this episode. <laughs> it's oh one boy. of those. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, why are Cal's spheres turning done so fast? Are everyone's spheres turning done so fast, or just Cal's? Um, we'll put a pin in that there question. Um, I don't have an answer yet, but I flagged it while we were reading. Well, While we together collectively were talking, so it's brewing. I just haven't thought of a response yet. Um, Cal and Dalinar are going to meet and like each other, possibly in the battlefield. Um, if I were to write it, here's what would happen. Sidious would arrive at a plateau at the same exact time as one of Dalinar's bridge crews, or wait... You mentioned that they'd work together. Maybe Sedias and Dalinar work together on a bridge run. And Dalinar sees the cool guy doing great bridge things and says, who's that bridge man? And Sedias is like, you can take him. I don't give a crap. And then he and Dalinar are going to unite the Alethi army and actually do a thing instead of bandying about. And, Ad- and actually Adlin- be good goddamn people. Yes. And Adelin and Kaladin will fight side by side later. Maybe Kaladin will save A- Adelin's life. That'd be fun. And if it doesn't happen, I'm unfriending Brandon on Friendster. So there. I, I'm A cutting, w-
1: cutting <laughs> consequence.
0: I'm also questioning how you managed to friend him in the
2: first place, but we'll keep going. We'll keep going.
1: <laughs> it's definitely Brandon, Sam. Don't even worry about <laughs> it's it. It's
2: definitely him. Listen, I've already given him my credit card number. He says that he'll... <laughs> hes
1: He just needs a bit more money to publish Stormlight 5.
2: That's right. <laughs> I think that Gaz's boss, Lamorell, is going to be mad that Kaladin wants to help the wounded. Um, I think Kaladin's going to meet him and yell at him and maybe convince him that Bridgemen are, like, humans. I don't know. Mm. That'd be great. Tricky concept. But I feel like... um. Eh... Maybe Gaz will just take the heat. I don't know. Hard to say. And then my most aspirational one. Oh, Christmas would be made for me if the entirety of the light eyes got fucking Elantrists and not be able to change back ever. (laughs) 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 These these people don't have any idea what hardship is and scarcely have an idea of what inconveniences are. The fact that Dalinar has to incentivize people to pay their fucking bills on time instead of locking them up makes me want to puke. (laughs) write a note teshev please pay your bills no (laughs) write a note teshev if you don't pay your bills you're going to fucking jail until the war's over like come on (laughs) do me that's it that's all i got (laughs) (laughs) i'm mad but i'm having fun
3: it reminds me of, I don't remember if it's in the comics or in the animated show, but a scene of uh, the Joker trying to do all of his taxes, and one of his henchmen is like, what are you doing? And Joker's like, look, I may be insane, but I'm not going to piss off the IRS, so what are you, nuts? <laughs> and yeah, it's just uh, the Alethi nobility
2: are more evil than to Joker, apparently. <laughs> That's right. Hey, everybody, tax time's coming up. Don't forget to report your illegal income and stolen items. That's important. <laughs> literally do it otherwise the irs will find out and be mad at you
0: all right uh yeah so sam you had your uh your caleb style theory of here's a bunch of possibilities we'll see if one of them works out uh caleb you're uh looking at a, a more specific called shot this time around
3: yeah i'm gonna save it for the end because it's a fun one okay. the rest of them are not fun they're they're very bad <laughs> Um, because my first one's not a theory, it's just an observation, which is that, uh, uh, Sill looks at the Apothecary and goes, man, he might be a bunch of Decay Spren dressed up in a trench coat. And apparently that means Decay Spren are different from Rot Spren. Brandon, you can't keep getting away with this. What is a Spren? (laughs) What defines what makes a Spren? This isn't okay. (sighs) okay. So anyways, actual theories. Um... I don't know if this quite got completely confirmed or just hinted at, but if it's not get confirmed, I'm now predicting it. Um, The reason Dalinar can't remember his wife, but is also like pretty casual about that information. um, He doesn't seem perturbed about the fact that he can't remember her. Um, I am uh, guessing that he intentionally did something that allowed him to forget her, probably because the memories are so painful or something along those lines. Um, it was an intentional choice on his part to do something presumably magical, um, to, to basically get rid of her memory. Um, don't know how that happens, no idea, but I think, I, I think if it was not something that he did intentionally, he would be way more freaked out about it. And he seems very chill about it. For the Mistborn trilogy, I, I attempted to manifest something, which was a volcano fight and I never got it. Um for the Stormlight Archive, I am going to manifest something else, which is somebody better catch a sword with their bare hands at some point in this series. And if they don't, I'm gonna be sad. Uh next thing I have, I don't know I don't have a specific theory as to what Gavilar actually meant by follow the codes, but I'm now that we have all of the codes written out, I think it's gonna be cool and interesting if There was some other way of following the codes that might have made things go better or save him or something along those lines. And it's just Dalinar misread it. Because currently Dalinar is like, I got drunk. I didn't follow the codes like he said. And that's why things went badly. Um, And I'm hoping eventually we get further context as to why the codes were so important. And it's not as simple as don't get drunk. Um, Okay, so a little bit of logic building here. If the gem hearts power chasm fiends and they also power Fabrials. I feel like there's a chance, and also I, from the, it seems like the Chasm Fiends are, or at least are related to the Void Ringers, who were the what who they were fighting against in the Prelude. I am, I think Chasm Fiends might be a creation. They might be created through a kind of soul casting that perhaps the Parshendi are able to um, uh, accomplish. Because that would explain, it doesn't quite make total sense as to, like, why are the Parshendi here? Why are they fighting Chasm Fiends 2 to get their gem hearts? At least, it seems like that's what they're doing. But it might be that they are creating Chasm Fiends, um, basically letting them loose. Maybe they can't be controlled, but they can be let loose, and then... Uh, but that doesn't quite make sense because why would they let them loose and then immediately rush forward to go protect them? I don't know, but I think it'd be interesting if the chasm fiends are created by soul casting. Um, all right. Um, oh, I actually, I'm going to throw this back to Sam for a second here because you mentioned to put a pin in it and I don't remember if you came back to the pin. What, did you have any further, maybe I'm just forgetting. Did you have any further theories on, um, uh, Kaladin's spheres being, uh, uh, lost
2: or was the pin for like later episodes you'll get back to it. Uh those that that's just for for me to get back to it next time we record because gotcha. Okay. Yeah.
3: Uh I do have a theory on that. Um which is that uh I believe Kaladin is instinctively using Stormlight on the battlefield, and that's why all of his money keeps losing the stormlight that's infused within it is because he is using it actively. Um I've thought a bit about it. it, There's there's one bit that could be surge binding, which is that the arrows don't hit him. It says that they hit the bridge. So, like, it could maybe be the lashing where you can, like, increase the gravity of the bridge. But it doesn't quite make sense because there's also a bunch of arrows that hit his feet. And I don't think any surge binding ability would allow that to happen. Unless, I guess, he just increases the gravity of the ground. That doesn't quite make sense. And also... From what we saw in the prologue, it seems like surge binding has to have a lot of intent behind it, and this is very clearly a Kaladin doesn't even realize it um, sort of situation. So what I am instead guessing is that, and I don't have a lot of details on this. Whatever the thrill, the capital T thrill is that Dalinar keeps talking about, that's what Kaladin has. That's why he had the quarterstaff in his hand and was like, "Ooh, I like I'm in the zone." I think there's, like, some magical element at play there, Um, and I think that's also why he's able to keep surviving, and it's why all of his money is losing the Stormlight within, is because the thrill uses Stormlight in some way. I do think that that's the
0: funniest way that 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 could be happening, and that Kaladin is somehow, like... Aside from the being on the battlefield part where every time he goes to buy something, his spheres are are drained and and he's like, people keep trying to rip me off and it's actually his
3: fault. That's that's kind of how I'm reading it, though, because there's there's two separate scenes where he's like, yo, my money should be shining and it's not shining. And the other characters are like, well, okay, but they're not, though. And he doesn't, he doesn't quite understand why. So like, yeah, I think that might be what it is. But yes, it is also very funny that he's like, Gaz ripped me off. And Gaz is like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, man. <sighs> okay. Um, Justin kind of already confirmed this, but whatever was happening with the part one epigraphs, the same thing just happened to Get All. Um, I don't know what it is. A-, a lot of these are questions and I don't feel super confident in them. But I- is he getting possessed with the spirits of the dead or something? Because... There, there's like some descriptions in the prelude that imply that the heralds can hear the screams of people who have already died, or something like that. I have in my notes double check this, and then I didn't, so I don't have any further details on that. Um, I can't wait for Dalinar to die, and that's how he fulfills his promise to get Renner in a shard plate and a shard blade, because that's definitely how that feels like that's going to go, which is going to be sad. Um, and if, and when that happens, it seems like, uh, these visions that Dalinar is getting happened to Gavilar, they happen to his dad. So if Dalinar dies, I am assuming Adolin is going to start getting the visions. Um, so that's going to be fun. I guess I slightly buried the lead. I think Dalinar is going to die at some point. It's going to be sad. Um, I don't think it's going to be necessarily in the near future, but I think it's going to happen. Um, and I also think there is a chance, maybe because he dies, or maybe for other reasons, his High Prince of War plan is going to backfire and um, Sadius is going to become High Prince of War instead. Um, which would feel bad. Um, let's see. We are told that the Way of Kings was written by Nohadan, an ordinary man, and that would imply that the story we have heard is a parable and not literally meant to be a king. But also... I don't want to fully give up on my theory that the, the book was written by Harold. So I'm not, I'm just saying I've been given some evidence to disprove a former theory and I'm telling you, I'm not giving up on it yet. Um, um, a thought I had, if there is an ever storm, that's just going to be constant storming without stopping um, one surge binders and anyone else who uses stormlight to power their powers are going to be next level powerful with a constant storm happening. And also Dalinar is going to have a real bad time if there is an ever storm and he has nightmares whenever there's a storm. That's, that's going to be bad. Um, but, uh, all of that, um, is, is my standard fare. Um, and here's my kind of shot in the dark Sam style theory of, um, I have not like thought through all, well, I had the theory and then I thought about like, um, past connections, um, but in terms of like, oh, what if this happened? What if Parshendi is Radiance? What if what if the Parshendi just are the Knights Radiant? I, I don't have a lot of evidence to support that, but we know a couple. We don't we don't know a lot about the Parshendi, and we don't know a lot about the Radiance. And in this chapter, uh, we finally get a character saying, "Hey, yeah, we don't know a lot about the Parshendi. What's with that?" And then th- 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 no answers given, but. We know the Radiance, according to the back of the book, and according to a couple of, of people in the book, turned against the people at some point, and then also apparently disappeared. And then also we have the Parshendi, who everyone's like, yeah, I don't really know what their deal is. Um, but hey, they seem to hate the uh, Alethi for some reason. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Not a ton of evidence. But what, what if? What if the Parshendi is Radiance? Well, that's all I got all right
0: uh i have a a pair of of notes here uh constant storms good for surge binding bad for dalinar yep all right uh let's see yeah i uh i i like uh i want to see some of these either yes or no in this book i want to see some of these yes or no in future books
3: let it be heard around the world, listeners. Justin really wants Dalinar dead. He can't wait for that to happen.
0: <laughs> Just my my number one, top of the list there. All right, uh, I believe that brings us to the part where we can uh, prepare for uh, for our next episode. Uh, we are going to be we're going to be getting four chapters this time, though one of them is very short. Uh, that will be chapters 19, 20, 21, and 22. And when we read those chapters, I am distracted from this outro by the presence of Kaladin the dog, not Kaladin the character. He's right here with me. He's being a very good boy. Uh, but he needs to let this me do the- This
1: picture you send to the Discord is the happiest he's ever looked.
0: Oh, I've, I've got one for he's you. I'll send it later.
1: Blist blissed out.
0: Cal. do you want to say hi? No, he's yawning.
2: Right, well hey everybody who's listening you better say hi you should say a- hi and audibly say hi right Kalinin. now we'll give you a second great thanks good love to hear from all of you <laughs>
0: uh the other way that we can, can... you find the map <laughs> uh, and when you do find the map show it to caleb he'll be very interested please do <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh, but in, in addition to just talking out loud like a weirdo while you're listening to your podcast, uh, <laughs> you can also go to our website. That's alwaysanotherpodcast.com, where you can find all these episodes. That also lets you email us at contact at alwaysanotherpodcast.com. dot uh, com. Been getting a few of those with the commentary in the episode. It's ah, uh, it's always uh, great to to hear those. Uh, there was one uh, request for something to be made a running joke that we will we'll see if it can. Uh, the actual joke itself is a spoiler so we'll we'll get there when we get there but I I was a fan of it. You can also find us on various forms of social media. Uh, that would be Twitter at alwaysanotherpod, Instagram at alwaysanotherpod and Mastodon at alwaysanotherpod at kind.social. Uh and if you want to like send us a video of you saying hi that would be weird but not the weirdest
3: thing that has happened probably <laughs> if you do it we will send a photo of Kaladin back
0: even if yes. you don't we'll probably send a photo of Kaladin he's a very yeah good probably <laughs> uh, but yeah I think that will do it we've got a, uh, another episode queued up for next week we'll see uh, which character is having the worst time then
3: and uh, <laughs> we'll be right back here It's Zeth. It's always Zeth.